Hey, what's going on, my friends? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. It is the 22nd, I believe, of February 2021. Um, cruising back along the Unami Creek, Swamp Creek Road, and just back from a little frozen dog walk with my girl Momi. It's a beautiful day, however. 32 degrees already. It'll probably get up near 40, I suspect. Sun is very prominent in the sky. It's 11.35 in the morning. So, as I creep by these meandering courses of the Unami, I see beautiful ice formations as the flow of water passes boulders and underneath and gets spattered up, I guess, creates these beautiful icicles on the underside, the hanging edge of the the free edge of these boulders. There's frozen patches and there's thawed patches, but the creek's running pretty well, generally speaking. I creep down towards the end of Swamp Creek here. There's a, a bunch of little shacks, little cottages that still kind of dot the landscape right along the banks of the creek. These are folks that they used to have summer homes up here. It's a place to go. They're all screened-in porches, and people would come up here and stay, be a little vacation home out of the city, maybe hunting cabin or something. Anyway, here I go over the little stone bridge. I'll be heading home now. I have a um, little movie review for you. It's on a topic that I enjoy. You've heard a little bit about before from me. So the movie is Into the Wild. This is a book made after... A movie made after a book by John Krakauer, who's a very prolific um, adventure writer, nonfiction adventure. He wrote Into Thin Air. I read that years ago. It's about a, a summit attempt at Everest, and a storm that ensues, and horrible things that occur, and incredible things, sacrifices that people are willing to make in order to get close to nature. And I'm a nature freak and a freak of nature. So, you know, I like to talk about these things and think about them and try to get as close to nature as I can. Hence me coming off the Unami on a freezing cold day. So, the movie was great. All right? it, I picked it for the family because it was, again, a movie made after a book. That was very successful. I heard about it many years ago. It's about a young man who grows up in suburbia and fathers a prominent scientist. Had something to do with NASA. His mother was no slouch either, but they were a fucked up family. The father basically had was living a double life, and he had a mother, or he had two wives, about five or six kids with one wife and then uh, 
the main character's mother. Father got together with her and had two kids, of which Christopher McCandless was one. So he grew up in suburbia, started out in California, I guess, wound up on the East Coast, but grew up in suburbia and made some observations about his family that his upbringing was good, it was privileged, certainly, but it was lacking in some very important things like a normal family structure. You know, parents were always at each other's throats. Father um, would periodically become violent and uh, beat up on the mother, beat up on the kids a little bit, and abuse them in ways that were probably more um, more hazardous, more violent, but emotional. So there was an expectation that Christopher had growing up that he do the whole thing, go to college, be, you know, have a good lot in life, be successful at every turn, you know, he went to Emory University, Emory University, which I believe is in Georgia, and he was very successful, graduated top of his class, was going to go into Harvard, had his college money put away, and, you know, he was heading in that direction, but he, he just had it, I think is his plan from from early on as a young man was to just get out, have an adventure, you know, throw, you know, walk into nature. He became a, uh, a nomad. He put his rucksack on his back and he went out to the Great Plains and the mountains of the, of the West. Uh, he had adventures. He met a bunch of people, uh, all of whom seemed quite nice and took to him. He met a hippie couple, traveled with them, stayed with them for a little while, you know, met an old man, met a young girl who had a crush on him. He worked various jobs to buy gear and to make his way across the country, met a, he worked in the, in the Midwest, he worked in a, uh, on a agricultural, uh, on a farm, and he'd work in the silos, grain silos, and doing all that shit. So, he got to meet a bunch of people, and they grew to love him, it seemed, at least was depicted that way in the movie, and they all were like, oh, you know, where are you going, and like, as most people who want, or anti-establishment want to get out there, and are traveling on the roads themselves for an adventure, or trying to find something themselves, a simpler life, whatever, they encouraged them. And sometimes they grew close to him. They're like, you know, you really need to go out to... He wanted to go to Alaska. So basically this whole trip is about him getting to Alaska. And he finally gets there and realizes his dream. He finds this old dilapidated bus and he makes it home and it's got a stove and it's got all the comforts of home, you know, really roughing it. Better than living out underneath the fucking... You know, sleeping on the ground. He's got a mattress. He's got a. It's like God threw him a, an olive branch, you know? So he survives out there for months. He ultimately perishes out there. He starves to death, it seemed. Potentially he ate the wrong plants and maybe poisoned himself to some degree. Um, and the, when they found him, moose hunters found him, he was like 67 pounds. 
So, Krakow wrote the book. The movie was excellent. Great casting. Um, great character development. And it was just... It's the sort of thing that I'm always up for. I'm always interested in an, an adventurous tale. Like, what are we... You know, somebody that walks into the woods, you know? Somebody that goes on a journey. I've always been into that. As a young man walking through the, the Pine Barren, down the sandy Pine Barren roads, or swimming in the lakes and creeks, canoeing, or as a Marine walking through whatever geographical region on patrol in the middle of the night. You know, I learned things about the world. I learned things about myself, about other people. And whenever I watch a movie like this, I just kind of fall in love with that concept. Now, this, it didn't end well for this young man. And there was a, back when the book was written, there was a lot of conjecture, a lot of speculation. Like, oh, he was just crazy. Or he was on drugs. Or, you know, he wasn't prepared for the wilderness or whatever. But as you read into it, and as you, you watch, I guess, McCandless... Um, his, everybody visited him out there, that spot where he found this old school bus out in the Alaskan wilds. Uh, it became a place where people would go to see it. Uh, to, it became a shrine to him and, and anybody who's got a wanderlust. You know, go out and see this school bus. Hey, we're going to hike out to the school bus. You want to go? And people would leave things and write their names, and they look at the land and say, wow, this guy's crazy, went all the way out here, I would love to do this, what a perfect spot, here's a creek over here, here's his, got some shelter, got a nice fire pit, there's game all around, this is wonderful, you know, it's a shame that he died the way he died, um, basically walk to the edge of the world, well outside of civilization, said, this is where I'm going to live, is where I want to be. Maybe I'll come back someday, but you know, no guarantee. He's willing to risk it all just to just to get away from the trappings of man and uh, all the accoutrements that we gather along the way, and all the shiny things, and the relationships, and, and how people are so. He said a lot about that in the movie about how people are so terrible to one another. This obviously had been something that he'd seen growing up with his parents being so fucked up. And it's a common theme, you know, you go back to your upbringing, and I, I, I'll continue to say I have a great up, I had a great upbringing. I had two very caring parents, for more than provided for me. I li did live a privileged life in suburbia. They've supported me and continue to support me however they can. They're good people. They're human beings, they're flawed, and I grow frustrated with my own parents and family and siblings and friends sometimes. I think that's what you, you know, I'll be 46 this Friday, coming Friday, February 26th. I think that people, you start to really wonder about things in midlife, as I've said, start to ponder things. 
I would never, as I continue, I'll continue to say, I would never want my kids to look at their upbringing and say, well, my parents, you know, this is how they were. I, I feel like we're reasonable people. Or, or my parents were flawed, my parents were fucked up, or this is the way. You know, I talk about uh, being born versus made. Like, is it nature or nurture? What's going on? So when I watched that movie, I thought about it. Now, it was a great movie. It was, um, I guess, a great character development. I think they really captured the essence of, of this. But one thing that I will continue to ponder is that along the way, along this guy's journey, whether it was his boss when he worked in a burger joint to make money to complete his travels across the world, or whether it was the hippie couple, the female, you know, thought, reminded the young uh, McCandless of his, of uh, a son that she had, and I don't know, he, some sort of trauma there that comforted her to have McCandless around, reminded him, her, of his son, of her son. Um, or the male hippie, who kind of was a really genuine friend to McCandless, despite his young age. And to the guy who ran the farm, the grain silo, and, and put him in the grain silo to work and would send him checks reliably for the money that was owed him to help him fulfill his journey. The people that met him along the way that tried to steer him, like, be like, hey, how, you want to do what now? You want to go to Alaska? You want to go up to... And it, it seems like they knew that what he was doing, like that wildness in his eye, that quest that he was on, it might not end in the right spot. I mean, he could die out there trying to live off the land. And I think that this has been part of literature for a very long time, the notion that we need to get away from man and get back to nature and find our origins and um, a simpler life sort of thing. Right? I've always been fascinated with that myself. But these people that he would meet along the way, they wanted to steer him correctly and they wanted to help him because this is clearly something he wanted to do and they liked him. But they didn't want to see him go. It was like the friendship that he friendships that he made. The people they cared about him. They didn't even though they barely knew him. They might have known him better than than people who he was who raised him, right? That's a tragedy, I think, sometimes. You ever feel like that? Like your your blood you have your blood family and the people who your were your elders growing up that tried to help you and they also kind of regularly passed judgment on you and they wanted you to be like them because what worked for them they were hoping was going to work for you and sometimes it and quite often it, that might be the case you know I think about some of my you know, my growing up talking to my buddies right now trying to get this we want to put a t-shirt together that embodies our um, youthful adventures go to the beach, surf, driving around in my buddy's convertible truck, uh, 
K5 blazer with a friggin' roll cage, and we'd all be holding on to the roll cage, and surfboards jutting out, and wetsuits employed, and going, going into the surf. Just a bunch of young guys out there playing in the currents of life. And then getting out. You know, we didn't shower for an entire summer. Remember, our jeans were so friggin' so many times we just pulled them out of the truck and or, or after we got out of the, the surf put our old jeans on and they were so they were damp with seawater and they would they were salted they were like starched they'd stand on their own almost and so we were at one with the water and we were always surrounded by it but I'm thinking about these guys and how each of us are are different you know we had a common thread at the time, which is that we were young and testosterone-filled and looking for adventure, looking for a great time. And, but each of us, you know, many of us went off to the military. Some of us went to college. My one buddy went to a mechanic school for racing, motorcycle race bikes. Um, like, everybody knew that they had to do things. As the trailers would pull up or the cars would depart from the front stoop with... Uh, well-meaning family members waving us goodbye and encouraging us. It was like, everybody's got to go off on their journey and do what they got to do to find themselves, to make their way in the world. This has always been a very human thing to go off and I'm going to go back east. I'm going to go to college and uh, maybe someday I'll come back. And then, you know, it's like, what was it? A river runs through it. Is that the movie? Legends of the Fall, right? That was kind of it. One brother stays locally, works on the farm, takes an Indian squaw, drinks and gambles, gets in trouble. Another guy uh, goes to college, comes back with a top hat and a bride-to-be, and it's like two different paths. And you look at these young men or women on their journey, and you think, wow, isn't life crazy? The paths it takes us on. Like the course of a river. Bends and winds. And it's up and over. There's rapids. And straightaway stretches that are calm as can be. And you never know what you're going to find on the banks, right? McCandless uh, rode up in his kayak. On a couple from Denmark. And the female was running around without a shirt with her titties out. They were nice, too. And then uh, the, the male was, you know, speaking in mixed language and just so they were at a boombox and they were jamming to some rap music or whatever. <laughs> and then the police, the, the Marine police came on down the Colorado River in pursuit of whoever didn't have a permit, McCandless didn't have a permit for riding the river I mean that that scene unto itself in the movie can it that embodies in my view the whole deal, that distills everything out you know the marine police and their little uh, zodiac boat with the sirens on it and the lights that's society, that's mom and dad that's the constraints of our world, our civilized world, 
the constraints of civilization saying, no, you need to do this, you need to do it this way. Don't do that, do this, stay on this course. You need me to buy a uh, $1,000 permit to, to kayak the Colorado River? No, I think I'm just gonna put grab my gear and go through the rapids. Might be foolhardy, might I prefer to guide, but sometimes people don't wanna purchase a guide. They don't want somebody to hold their hand you know, through some, through an experience. They want to experience it on their own. And so, that's life. That's the movie. I definitely suggest you uh, watch the movie, maybe even read the book. I think I'm going to read the book now. Um, I did learn that the um, Christopher McCandless, his sister, she wrote a book that uh, sheds more light on the life of the author or um, the life of Christopher McCandless and why he might have strayed out into the wilds like that. Uh, why would he do that, some might ask. Is he crazy? Is he on drugs? Whatever. Might have been a little bit of all of that, but he also had... Um, he was trying to escape something, like we all are at some point in our lives. And if we're fortunate... We'll find that that person or that entity that we're looking for, and sometimes might we may never be able to find it. But it's very interesting, and it was a great movie, and I suggest you watch it. All right, love and respect. <laughs>